This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Easy. Okay, I'm not used to turning around to having some man, you know, mess around right there, so. Good morning, everybody. It's great to be here this morning, and I do feel at home. I mean, there's such a great spirit in here this morning, and uh, I just love it. And um, I bring you greetings, first of all, from home, from Rock Church, and uh, our congregation is there at home, and they know that I'm here. I I actually just Facebook lived a little bit of the worship here, because there's just a great, there's something awesome on your worship. I especially love that song that you just wrote, so I was telling Sandra, she needs to let us, get us the music so we can start singing it in Halifax. So that's incredible. There's something, you know what I love about it is that the message of the church is not about hiding your imperfections so that you can look good. It's about being vulnerable with your imperfections and Jesus meeting you in the journey. And when the world sees a group of people that are okay with the journey that they're on and that they're not trying to pretend it all got perfect, while God's making us new, how many of you know we're still working through some stuff, right? And so I just encourage our church at home all the time, don't try to pretend that it's all together. If it's not all together, hey, we already can tell that, so, so you know, let's not, let's not try to pretend it. Well, I feel like I'm at home, so I'm going to get you to stand with me, and, and we're going to do this like at home. I, I have a, a certain thing that I like to do at home. When we read the scripture, I like us to stand and honor the word, and, and I do a lot of reading out of the New Living Translation, so I'm just going to ask them to put up Ephesians 3. We're going to read 8 to 10 this morning, and could we just read this um, together? I'm going to turn around so I can see when they're moving. Let's just read it out loud together. It says this, though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Father God, this morning I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would just be in this place. I ask you, Lord, to, um, I put you on like a coat and wear you today. Because my words, I know you've put them into my heart, but now I need you to just empower them so that they can have an impact here at Impact Church today. Father, I know that there are many in this room today that have come hungry for you to speak something to their hearts. So my prayer is that we would leave an impartation today of grace and of love and of power. And we pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody together said, amen. 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 You may be seated. I'm going to just get right into it. A lot of times I I take a few minutes at the beginning to, you know, kind of do a little bit of connecting and all of that. I hope you'll connect with me as we go. I'm not afraid to let let it all hang out. I'm just just pretty vulnerable about life. But I want to get right into it so that we can really get into the gist of what I want to leave with you. This is a message that I actually bring to our church on a fairly consistent basis. And I I was just kind of listening and and Pastor Cameron and I were just kind of talking about things ever since he picked me up Friday and just being with 
the people that were at the conference we were at. I was just trying to hear what does God want impact today. I could preach anything, really. I, I can talk as easy, no problem. I can talk about anything. But how many of you know I don't, didn't come here this morning to talk to you? I came here this morning to deposit something from the Holy Spirit into your life. I, I pray that when we're finished this service this morning, that you walk out of here today and you feel different about something in your life. Amen? And so I, I just want to ask you to just really get into that. Um, my prayer today, and as I, as, I, as I said, I've done this message a lot, is I find myself thinking a lot about God's church. And you'd probably say, well, I hope so if you're a lead pastor. <laughs> Now, I hope Pastor Cameron and Pastor Sandra think a lot about his church. And, and we do, we do. But, but I'm talking, how many of you know we talk about the church that's local, right? There's Impact Church, I'm here today. There's Rock Church at home. There's a lot of churches here in this community. But then there's the Universal Church. How many of you know that the Universal Church is actually made up of a number of local churches that God's building? The problem is, is that so often the local churches mess up the universal church's message because of our inability to function together under the same kingdom with understanding we're all going for the same thing. Can I hear an amen to that? So today what I want to do is I want to deposit something into Impact Church that I believe will, will uh, I believe it'll strengthen you. I believe it'll help you get behind Pastor Cameron and Sandra and uh, behind the leadership here. I believe that what it'll do is it'll cause you to expect more of what God wants to do in Kingston through Impact Church. Now, if you're here this morning and Impact Church isn't your home, I want you to hear me clearly. I'm not trying to separate Impact Church out from every other church and say, you know, there's, this is the place God wants to move. What I'm doing is I'm being faithful to my assignment to this local church. Amen? And so I'm here to encourage you, I'm here to empower you, and, and while I, I, I hope you're inspired, more than anything, I hope you receive an impartation. So these are some of the questions that I find myself asking all the time, and, and lately, uh, I've been asking myself things like this. They're rhetorical questions, and I, I think what I'd like you to do is, is ask yourself these questions as well. What is God doing today in his church? Just think about that for a minute. What is God doing today? in his church. The other thing that I would say is this, whenever I ask hard questions, how many of you know it's really good to wrestle with the hard questions? Like if you just go on in life thinking everything's fine and missing something in your blind spot, it's not good. You need somebody to say, hey, whoa, your fly's down or something like that. You know, if, I, if, I've been, if I'm standing up preaching and my fly is down and everybody's standing on the front like, I'm not saying anything and I'm just going at it, you know, I want somebody to come up and say, hey, pastor, you know, you got something going on there. So you got to say the hard things, right? And you know that the hard feedback helps you? The stuff that we're not doing quite right, if we just wrestle with it, it helps us. So the next question I ask is this, and it's not to be offensive, but is God doing anything today in his church? Okay, you guys say yes. A few of you, three of you think he's doing something. And the next thing I, I find myself asking is, is the church overall, is it important overall in the scheme of the world? would you say? Okay. And, and is the church valuable? Is there value to the church? Uh, does the church have a priority? And does the church have a purpose? Now, I want to kind of tell you this. A lot of you are like, yes, yes, like Sunday school. Jesus. The answer is Jesus. <laughs> no, does anybody know? Jesus, Jesus. I, I, where's my, you know what I mean? And so we do this because we're trained. 
In the church, we're trained. If the pastor says, does the church have a purpose? Yes, it does. And, and this is true. But I want you to wrestle with something harder today. I want to, can, I, can I challenge you today? Yeah, I, I want to challenge you lovingly, but I want you to think about some really, really hard things. And today, the topic that I'm talking about is simply this, the church that God is building. Say, the church that God is building. So how many of you here watch the news? And I don't know that Pastor Cameron already said it. The news today, half of the time, I'm just like, shut it off. It's just, it's depressing. But this is a bit of research that I have done. And I'm going to, when I say research, it, we're talking narrow research. It's not in-depth. It's, it's just a, a very general skim. But one thing that I've been very interested in the last sort of, I'm going to say since October when the U.S. election took place and just some of the stuff that's gone on since then is what are Canadians interested in? So let me ask you this question this morning, just from all around this room. What do you think some of the top issues that Canadians, and we're talking across the country, are interested in? Just anybody, this isn't a trick question. Trump? Yeah, that's actually very true. Um, anything else? Like what issue, just think of Canadians. What are their, the, the things that are most important to them? They want to address. That is true. The legalization of marijuana, who knew? But what else? Anything else? These are simple. Like, don't, these are not hard. Just, what's that? Yeah, taxes. That's exactly right. Security. That's exactly right. Border security. Terrorism. I want to read to you some of the lists that I have found. These are the top 10 or so things that are, that research shows is on the list of things that are very important to Canadians. At the top of the list is terrorism and global, global warming, the environment, healthcare, education, social justice is, is rising high on the list of things that Canadians are passionate about. Um, the rights for the Aboriginal people, including their treaty rights, this is important to Canadians. Freedom of speech, uh, gun control, discrimination issues, gender equality, prostitution, the death penalty, human rights, animal rights, the stock market, and as we say, who knew the legalization of marijuana is actually further up there than we know. Here's my question to you. These are all important issues. But is the church anywhere on that list? Interesting. And what part, it makes me ask next, is the church playing in Canadian culture? The next question is, should the church be on this list? See, I have come to conclude that the church and its lifestyle are nowhere on the radar of the average Canadian. They're not even, they know maybe from, from, from their parents or whatever, but especially young people. And how many of you know that young people are the future of our nation? The latest statistic that we've heard, and this is from World Vision and also from Power to Change, is that 46% of Canadian young people, this is between junior high and 24 years of age, have never attended a religious institution in their life. 46%, that's 50% of young people in our nation. How many of you know that this is an opportunity for the church that God is building to do something? And I ask this to, to myself again, is the church a priority? And if it is a priority, to who? Now these questions, I know they're rhetorical, but they get you thinking, and that's the purpose of, of why I'm asking. I, I want this to stimulate some kind of thinking in you. Do you think this? Do you think that to the average believer. Now the key here is average. I'm not talking about you guys that are high impact believers. Impact church. I'm talking about the average believer like maybe on the east coast in Halifax. I'm just joking. 
you know, the average believer, do you think that the church is a priority? It's a question. But we have to ask ourselves that question first, to be fair, because we have to say, to me, in Kingston, Ontario, that goes to Impact Church, is the church that God's building a priority in my life? How about to unbelievers? Is it a priority? Do you know that many, if not most Christians, view the church as nice at best, but rarely as necessary? People hear what the church is doing, that's really nice. Now, I've gotten to hear some awesome stories of what God's been doing through you. I love the story about the school that you guys, I, I think that you retrofitted or something last year and about the principle of that school, getting saved and being baptized. I love that because that's the church having an impact in the community. But here's the thing, there's a new hashtag. Do you know what I mean by a hashtag? Okay, just checking. I didn't mean like hash browns and, you know, eggs or anything like that. My, sometimes at our church we have a really wide generation and when I say hashtags, you can see all the old people. Did he say hash browns? Like, no, I said hashtags. As the new hashtag that I see a lot, adulting. How many of you ever, if you want to see some really interesting stuff, just put in your social media hashtag adulting. It means the younger generation figuring out that, oh, it's time to start adulting. It's time to start living like an adult. You know what? Let me just be honest with you. Adulting is not an easy thing to do. How many of you know that? But it's necessary. So as new generations arrive on the scene and they begin adulting, the stats are rising that more and more the church in Canada is becoming more irrelevant. And that bothers me. I want to ask you, does that bother you? Because if it doesn't, it really should. It should bother pastors and churches and leaders. And, and, and let me ask you this, how many of us believe that the church has a mandate today, 2017, in the world? How many of you believe that Impact Church has a mandate in Kingston, Ontario? And let me tell you this, not only in Kingston, Ontario, but in the province and in the nation and even around the world. How many of you know that? God's church impacts more than just where it is. So, so I already asked you this, getting a little more personal, but I want you to think about this again. Is the church, and then say this, is my church a priority in my life? Now, let's not confuse this question. I'm not asking, do I go to church regularly? Because did you know that people can attend church regularly and the church not be a priority? It's not about attendance. It's about the heart. So in a more specific question, we're saying, is the church a priority? Because listen to this. The average Canadian does not consider regular church attendance any longer to be weekly. This is, a stat, this is a real stat. Average Canadians feel that a regular, the king, or do you attend church regularly? That for them, as consistently as once a month to six weeks is regular church attendance. Now let me ask you, if each one of you decided to come here and, you know, honor God with your tithes about every eight weeks, how much impact could Impact Church have? Not a lot, Right? And so it, 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 many of them, it's as little as once a month, and you would think that this is only for unbelievers, but actually, pastors are reporting throughout our nation and the United States, all over North America, that church attendance is declining, yet people call themselves regular attenders. This is sad. I just came from a week in Jordan. 
I, I'm not going to be able to tell you all the stories from Jordan. I was telling Pastor last night that it, it was a mind-bending trip for me. Many of you may know about the uh, refugee crisis. Um, a lot of the refugees from Iraq and Syria have found um, refuge in Jordan. The, the population of Jordan before the refugee crisis was 6 million people. Today it's 9.4 million people. 3.4 million people that live in Jordan are, are refugees from Iraq and Syria. Do you know that in Aleppo, Syria, I met a pastor, I talked with him, he shared with us, we had supper together, told me that they actually, the pastors, don't want to necessarily see ISIS wiped out over there because in the last 1,400 years, they believe statistically ISIS has done more to push the evangelical church forward than anything in history in the last 1,400 years. You know why? Because where there's persecution, people are quickly getting their priorities straight. This is what makes me afraid that if we don't start to realize the mandate that God has for our church, we might have to have some persecution to get some things in order. That's, uh, say, ow. It's not like, you know, not a man, like, oh, God always does that to me. So today what I want to do is help us to gain a perspective on the church that God's building. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. I'm going to get you to read it with me. You don't have to stand for this. Uh, Matthew chapter 16, and verse 18, Jesus is talking to Peter, and, and this is what he says. I, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. He says this, now I say to you that you are Peter, I'm going to pause, which means rock, okay? And upon this rock, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. That is awesome. Here's the background. God is speaking to Peter. They've just, he's just asking, you know, they're saying, you know, some people say that you're this, and some say you're, you're John the Baptist, and some say this, and Jesus says to him, but who do you say that I am? He goes, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. This is a revelation, and Jesus says, you know what, Peter? This isn't something that you just figured out with your own human mind. This is a revelation moment. And so in this, he comes in, but the words that I want to bring to you, do you notice here, he says, and upon this rock, I want you to read those next words. I will build my church. Say my church. Say my church. Like, no, my church. You guys are good. At home, I have to coach my people how to do this. Like, say my church. They're like, my church. I'm like, no. My church. Those of you that are teachers know that my is a possessive pronoun. It could be a church or the church. He could have said, I will build a church. He could have said, I will build the church, but he didn't. He said, I will build my church. It's like your bicycle. It could be a bicycle or the bicycle, but it's my bicycle. Babies get this right all the time. No, mine, <laughs> mine, mine, you know? They have no problem with this. I want you to understand that the church that God's building is his church. Jesus is saying, I am building my church. Ephesians 5, 25 to 32. You can start to read it when it comes up. It just says this. For husbands, this means to love your wives just as Christ loved the church. I'm not going to read through the whole thing. It goes and says that he gave his life up for her to make her holy and clean. And then all the way down through this, it talks about how, as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united as one. This is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of Christ's love for the church. Christ is talking about his church. Do you, can you get this? So we in Canada, we talk about, oh, I'm going to church. What church do you go to? Oh, I go to Impact Church, or I go to Rock Church, or I go to whatever. But the fact is, is that God is building a church to have some maximum impact in the world, okay? And so as we go through this, this, this just talks to me about that God, he, he says here that through the church, 
It's a holy church. It's a glorious church without a spot or a wrinkle or any other blemish. This is what God's doing with us. It reminds me of laundry. Now, don't tell my wife that I said this. She does laundry, but I pretty much need to do my own. I like my clothes, and I like the way they, they fit and the way I wear them, and I bought these new pants. This pants that I'm wearing right now is the second pair of pants I bought of these because she put them in the dryer. They're not supposed to go in the dryer. And when I went to put them on, they wouldn't even come past here, and they were like this high. <laughs> and so I said to her, please, I love you so much. You love my socks. Please, please, I said, don't do my laundry anymore, please. And then another time, my really nice shirt went in the, the thing with one of the kid things, and it came out, and there were grease spots. And I said, how on earth do grease spots get on my laundry? She goes, I don't know. I said, please leave my laundry alone. See, I sometimes have to use OxyClean on my shirt, because how many of you know, see, when I go out with my family, there's a big joke. Dad can't eat anything. I've actually done really good with you, Cameron without getting something red or greasy on his shirt. I just, like, I just I like my food and it drips and it just falls everywhere. So I need to use OxyClean. How many of you know that if you get OxyClean on fast enough, it'll take any stain out? That's what the blood of Jesus does in our life. You put his blood on the things in your life, he'll wipe away your stain. You know, like the other thing he's talking here about, about the, without a spot or wrinkle, I'm a real stickler for ironing. So, like, I have to iron my pants, and my wife, she's fine to just iron them so the wrinkles are out. I don't want them so the wrinkles are out. I might need there to be a crease in a certain part of my shirt. Say picky. It's fine. And I'm good to be picky. So I tell her, leave the ironing to me. I'll do my own ironing. To be well known, I actually iron her own dresses, too, because they look better when I iron it. <laughs> but here's the thing. Do you know what makes the wrinkles come out through an iron? It's heat and pressure. You know, it, without the heat on that iron, you're not going to get those wrinkles out. Some of our lives, the wrinkles that God's taken out of our lives, they come out through heat and pressure applied to us. And this is the church that God's building. So if you're going through things like that, that was just a little side note, just so you know. That was, that was not even a main point. So it is imperative for us, as I'm setting this up, for us to get God's perspective on the church that he's building. We can get our perspective. I don't like the music here. I don't really like that we meet in a school. I wish we had this. I, I don't know. And that's what a lot of North Americans do. They're just really kind of obsessing about what is perfect. I don't like the pastor preaches this. I don't like the guy he brought in from Halifax. He like, talks too fast. He talks too much. Oh, my God, he irons his own clothes. Like, I don't like that. You know, whatever. But, but that's not the perspective we need. You and I need to get God's perspective, God's vision, God's outlook on the church that he's building, the purpose for the church he's building, because if we can get that, it will help us to live our lives aligned with that purpose, and it'll help our churches to have impact in the communities where we are. Because how many of you know it's not just to fill the seats and keep them full and receive the offerings, it's to go out and bring the lost in to know Christ. So that's what we want to do. So Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10, it says this, um, that God's purpose, whoops, God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Listen to this in the Amplified. It says the purpose is that through the church, say through the church, who is the church? Right. So say, through me, through us, 
the manifold, many-sided, complicated, multifaceted wisdom of God in all of its infinite variety and innumerable aspects might now be made known to the angelic rulers and authorities of the principalities and powers in the heavenly sphere. This is not by accident. It's in accordance with the terms of the eternal purpose that was realized and carried into effect by Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you that the purpose for the church that God is building is to show off his multifaceted wisdom to the rulers and the principalities in the air. And he uses the church to do that. John Piper says this, that the church is the light of the world, but it's also the light of the cosmos. Think about that. We say we're the light of our community. No, we are also the light of the cosmos, which is to say the church has a mission. It has a cosmic mission. This is very encouraging to us. Do you understand that the activity of the church is shouting out God's complicated, multidimensional wisdom to the world? Listen to this. I learned this this weekend. It wows the heavenly sphere and wows it backwards. You picked that up. You get that, Cameron? We were with Alan this weekend, and he was talking to us in his British accent. And he says, like, it wows you and wows you backwards. I said, oh, I like that. So you, you're not just coming to church to sit here and listen to a boring message and get through so you can go have lunch. You're here to be a part of God's wow factor to the heavenly realms. And when God uses the church to wow the heavenly sphere, something happens. And you say, well, what is it about the church that wows the heavenly sphere? Well, let me tell you this. You know, when you think about the heavenly sphere, you got to realize there's a dark side and a light side, right? It's like Star Wars, the bright side and the dark side. So there's the angels and the hosts of angels that protect us. And then there's the fallen angels that come and, you know, wreak havoc in our lives and try to. But I believe that what wows, especially the bright side, is the unity that God calls forth in his church when we come together with one mind, one heart, one purpose, one plan, one alignment. And they just go like, wow, this is like people from every race, different backgrounds, different, you know, homes, different journeys, and they come together with one plan. Wow. How many of you know that that's why the enemy works so hard against the church moving forward with one mind? It's why he comes in and just kind of tries to sow division. One mind, one heart. It doesn't mean we all look the same. We're all many variety, but we come together under the plan of God with one vision moving forward. This wows the heavenly places. There's a verse in Psalm 133. It's very familiar to you. We'll just bring it up here this morning. And it says this, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It goes on and says that it's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, Aaron's beard, running down on the edges of his garment. And then it goes, it says, it's like the dew of Hermon descending on the mountains of God for there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore now i can't do this in-depth talk about um you know the 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 dew and the the all these things but i want to pull a couple things out of here that i believe you'll get L listen to it in the message it says this how wonderful how beautiful it is when brothers and sisters get along how many parents do we have in this place today how many of you know what that means oh how wonderful when the kids don't fight well, just maximize that and you understand a pastor's viewpoint. 
how lovely when brothers and sisters get along. But then it goes on and says, we, we might smile about this and say, oh, it's so good, it's lovely. But then we find out about the wow factor. It says it's like costly anointing. It's like costly anointing oil flowing down head and beard, flowing down Aaron's beard, flowing down the collar of his priestly robes. It's like the dew on Mount Hermon flowing down the slopes of Zion. Yes, that's where God commands the blessing and ordains life, eternal life. Listen to this beautiful picture of the church God's building. A church where we have people from many races, many tribes, many nations, many backgrounds, many journeys. We may not speak the same language. We may not like the same things. We have all shapes and sizes. But when we come together and understand the beautiful picture of laying aside what I want, for the sake of what God wants to do. That I'm not going to attend a church. I'm going to become the church that God's building. I'm going to be. I'm going to get in with everything. Into the church that God's building in Kingston. I'm going to get in. And God's called me to what he's building in Impact Church. And I'm not just going to attend there. And give my opinion about how things are. And what I think is good. I'm going to put it all in. I'm going to sell out for the purpose God has. And even if I don't like it, even if it's not my favorite thing, I'm going to put that aside. I'm going to let the heat and the pressure of the iron run out those wrinkles in my life. And I'm going to put myself down and I'm going to put it all in for what God wants to do. And you know, when you think of it, it says it's like this costly anointing oil that's running down the beard of Aaron. Who is Aaron? Aaron was the high priest. Basically for our purposes today, it's saying that the, the, the leader, the high priest, is where the anointing begins. And it, it begins to flow down and down through. And it's not that everyone else is under the leader, but how many of you know it's not about value? Submission is never about value. It's about order. Every time you hear about submission in the Scripture, it's not saying, oh my gosh, the leaders are more, we're just the people that have to submit. It's not that. It's about order. It's about if you want to see God do what God does, align into the right order. How many of you have ever had to have your car tires realigned? You know, you just get up to speed and everything starts going. Something's wrong with my car. Every time I get over 100, it's an alignment problem. When the church is not aligned with the mission that God has for it, things will start to get bumpy. You won't be able to get up to speed. You won't get momentum. You won't be able to have the impact that God wants. Talking about impact church, do you know that a train, if you took the engine of a train and just started it chug, chug, chug about maybe 200 feet, it wouldn't be able to really break through anything, maybe like a, a wood wall. But if you take the power of a locomotive roaring down the tracks and then put a concrete wall in front of it at full momentum, it could bust through that concrete wall like it was just wood. That's what momentum is. Momentum is about when everything is in alignment. Everything is in place. Everything's lined up and we get going and you can feel something picking up and it's not just because of our flesh. It's because of God's spirit and he's taken us somewhere and all of a sudden the enemy throws something in front of us. No worries because we're aligned. We're the church that God's building. We can crash through whatever the enemy puts in front of us because we're aligned. You understand what I'm saying? So this is so much less about your opinion of your church and so much more about aligning with the vision of the church that
that God is building for maximum impact. Two things stick out to me about this here. It says it's like the costly anointing oil. The anointing, it says in Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27 that it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. How many of you know that saying that it is the anointing that breaks the yoke? How many of you have come into church on your journey and you know that hidden maybe down in the dark areas of your life, there's something that the enemy is using against you that you can't be free of. It, it shackles you. I'm here to tell you that counseling is great and therapy is great and all of that is great, but something even better is that when you're aligned in the church that God is building, that comes from unity, when the costly anointing oil is flowing every time we gather together, those kind of things shatter just bam like this. And if I take that word destroy, we can think of destroy like break. You know, I'm just going to break it over my knee. But that word destroy, if you follow it back in its original language, talks about shatter. It's like taking a sledgehammer to something and shattering it into a million pieces. How many of you have things in your life that you're believing for God to literally shatter off your life? I'm here to tell you something. I'm here to give you a little key that when the church that God is building comes together aligned in unity. How wonderful, how lovely. It's like the costly anointing oil that flows. And when that oil comes into contact with the things in your life, it will shatter them. That means that people from the community that will come and check your church out, they'll walk in and all of a sudden things will start to happen. Why? Because your worship is so perfect? Because you're in a perfect building? No. Because the church that God's building has tapped into what it takes to get the flow of costly anointing oil flowing. You hear what I'm saying? The other thing, the other thing that it says, it, it would be like the costly anointing oil. It says that because it is in this place that the Lord commands the blessing. The Lord commands the blessing. How many of you have things in your life that you're still believing for? Maybe prophetic words, maybe something God told me, like why hasn't it happened? How many of you just would love to wake up and see the Lord over your bed in the morning? First thing you wake up, and he goes, I am commanding my blessing on you. Anybody here love to have that happen? Yes. <laughs> say, you, you can say you're weird to me. It's okay, I already know I'm weird. But what I'm trying to talk to you about is that there is a place where the Lord has to command a blessing over the church that he's creating, the church that he's building. Not where you come into church and go, man, I wish that God would move in my life. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't even, you know what, if God, if you don't move today, I'm done, church. You know, this is what we do. How many of you have ever done that before? I'm so tired that things aren't happening in my life. No, when you step into that place, the costly anointing is flowing. Bondages are being shattered. Things that you fought with in your life are just bam dropping off of you and all of a sudden you realize something's changed in my life and I can't put my finger on it and all of a sudden you're going to realize it's because our church has stepped into an alignment where God has no choice but to say over impact church I command my blessing on everyone and see when the church is together in unity remember the church is not me it's we so if we get in order 
the commanded blessing goes over we. And you know what happens when the, this is something that I just dream about. It, no longer do we have to come up with ways to witness, to build the church. Our life will be so showing forth a message of this commanded blessing that people at your work will say, I don't know, something's different about you. Like, it just seems like things work out for you. And you'll go, oh, don't say that. Like, I, like no, I don't know. <laughs> no, you'll say, you know what? I'd love to talk to you about that because you are right. There is something different about my life. I belong to the church that God's building. And in that church, things happen, man. Like, I fought with uh, depression for years. And one day in worship, as I lifted my hands, it was like this hand came upon my mind and ripped these shackles off my mind. And I haven't been depressed since that day. I've fought with, you know, addictions and I've fought with this and that and I've struggled with this and it's just like something happened and, and, and I did, it wasn't the thing I memorized. It wasn't my positive thinking. It wasn't, even though I do hope you all think positively, you know, but what I'm saying, it wasn't my work of the flesh. It was the flow of the costly anointing oil. When it came in contact with the shackles of my bondage, it had no choice but to shatter them and to destroy them. And when they were shattered, they fell off of me. And all of a sudden I realized that I was walking in this place of commanded blessing. And it's right. I walk to work and I know that I need God to move. And then I walk in and there's this promotion that I'm not even qualified for. And God puts it right in front of me. Some of you think, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? No, I'm telling you right now that there are promotions you are not even being considered for that when the church that God is building is in alignment, all of a sudden there's somebody just at the desk that switches paper around. They say, you know, you know what, that, that girl there, she's been really faithful. I want the promotion to go to her. And they're like, why? Because you're under God's commanded blessing. There will be things in your life that you're believing for that need to happen that all of a sudden will start happening. Because you're under God's commanded blessing. But listen, it's not just this magic genie in a bottle thing where, oh God, bring the blessing. Oh, more, more, bring it more. And I'm not making fun of it. It will come when together we choose to align ourselves with the mission and the vision of the church that God's building. And that is hard work. It's humbling work. Because it means that when we get together and something happens that I don't exactly like, instantly my perspective is not on the church I'm attending but on the church God is building. And I go, you know what? My opinion doesn't matter as much as God's perspective matters. And you know what's awesome? This is what I've been teaching our church, that the fact is we pastors get it wrong we, once or twice. We get it wrong. <laughs> I, I actually got it wrong once, and then I realized I was wrong. No, I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. We get it wrong. And, and I'm okay to say, and I, I can tell Pastor Cameron's the same as me, we're okay to say to our leaders, whoa, that was whoa we got that one wrong but if we have a group of people that are called and they say pastor i'm in i am in and it's not about what i want it's not about what i hope and god will make places for leaders to come around the table and be a part of the conversation but i just want you to know i'm in for what god wants because we need that flow of anointing we need that commanded blessing i'm in and as you bring yourself to a place that you're in you'll you'll find He's going to do something, like I've told my, my people, I, I'm probably going to do something that, that, that you don't like, but it'll give you that opportunity to show the Lord, no, I'm in. I pray for my leaders. I pray for my pastor, but I'm in line. I'm in line because we're just starting what God wants to do. And as the momentum picks up, things start to happen 
and testimonies start to flow. People start saying, I was in worship last week and something happened to me. You know, I, I'll, I'll tell you this story about what happened. We, we have a service very much like yours. Am I doing okay? I'm wrapping up here. Um, and we had this moment in our service where we knew I was supposed to take the platform and begin to preach, but there was this hold on my heart. I want to I show up. This is about a month and a half ago. And I said, okay, God, you can show up. And now, I don't know. Let me just tell you that sometimes pastors, it's not that we don't want God to show up. We're just afraid that people might get a little crazy when he shows up and think that it was him showing up. Do you know what I'm talking about? But I've made this thing with the Lord. I said, Father, if you'll help me pastor it, I'll let you show up. Do you know, because how many of you know that there's a statistic that says if the Holy Spirit left the scene of the church, 90% of churches would go on just as if nothing ever happened. That's sad. I want to know if the Holy Spirit's absent from our church. So this day, I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to do this. And so I just mentioned it, and this, this woman steps up. And I had challenged her the week before. She'd been telling me that she hadn't been coming to church for a while, and now she came and she knitted because she deals with anxiety. She just wanted me to know that if I thought it was rude that she's in the back row knitting, she's not, she's just helping her because she knows she needs to be there. So I said to her, you know what, I want to I want to just commend you for coming with your knitting needles because you need to be here. You need to be in this atmosphere because when the anointing is in this atmosphere, God can touch you whether you're knitting or not. I believe he can touch you. So this was a week before, and I challenged her, when you feel like getting up and you can't go, you're so depressed, you just decide I'm going. Get your husband to drive you, whatever you got to do, get here. So she comes walking down the aisle, and I'm like, oh, God, this could go anywhere. This could go anywhere. And uh, she comes up to me and she goes, I just want to share what happened since you talked to me last week because today I, it came on me heavy that I wasn't going to come, but I pushed myself and here I am and I feel like God wants to do something. I'm like, oh Lord, here we go. She's going to, oh my God, here we go. So anyways, I just felt like let her go. So she steps on the platform and because I want the ones that say, I got free last week, not the ones that say, I'm still depressed, but I'm here. You know what I mean? But the Lord, I let it go. And when she stood up, Everyone clapped that she had made it, and she went back to get her knitting needles, and this man walks down the aisle, and he goes, Pastor, I feel like if what you've been preaching to us is true, we got to make a demand on that anointing today. I said, okay. So he goes, you should do that. I said, oh, no, 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 no. You're the one who come down and think we should make a demand on the anointing. You make it. But you know what happened? That man walked up on the platform, and he says, the lady, he didn't even know her. He goes, the lady that was just here, that's knitting there, would you mind coming up? Because I believe today God will set you free. And you know, in that moment, she stepped up on the platform and a few people, my wife and I got around her and this man and a few other people, and right in the middle of us praying for her, she starts to just, she just starts to cough really violently. And in that moment, all of a sudden she has this major cough. I knew what was happening. God was setting her free right there. And you know, she's been to church every week since then. She's doing well. Here's what I'm telling you. It works. It works for the people in your life, for you even, that are struggling with things. We don't have to get weird and, and make things happen. It's just when we align with the church that God's building, fall behind his leadership, this oil starts to flow. The costly anointing oil that breaks the yoke of bondage. And in this place, God commands a blessing. I would like you to bow your head with me um, for a moment as I bring this in. Because I believe that this is a word for Impact Church today. At our church, when I get ready to close, I, I ask everyone to just bow their head and close their eyes and, and just pray this prayer with me. So I'd like you to do that. You can use your own words, but it simply says, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me?
I just want you to listen for a few minutes because I believe that as I've said what he wants me to say, that now he's moving throughout this room and he's talking to people. Just listen to what he's saying. And I want to declare as I close today that if you're one of those people that just wants to do a I'm all in, I, I just feel like that's what impartation I was supposed to bring today is that God is giving Impact Church a chance to say, yeah, we've seen some great things over nine years, but there's a next level for us to go to. There's another level in our giving to go to. There's another level in, in us sacrificially giving. There's another level where we need to align behind what, what God's called our church to do. And if that's you, now listen to me clearly. Don't think about anybody else around you. I, I just want to talk to you, you and God. If it is you and you're saying, you know what, count me in. I'm just going to ask you to stand to your feet just all over this place saying, I'm in on what God's doing in Impact Church. You can, you can count on me. Nobody's looking to see who's standing. Just everybody doing it. You're not standing for me. You're not standing for Pastor Cameron or Pastor Sandra. You're standing for God. And you're saying, God, we are believing that on this day, April 23rd, like a week or so before Vision Sunday, maybe two weeks, I guess, that something is shifting in the atmosphere over this place today. That, Lord, when we come together and we choose that we're putting aside our opinions, we're putting aside our wants, and I don't even know if that's an issue, but I know in most churches it is. And we say, God, we're surrendering it and we're humbling ourselves for you that the result is, oh, what a beautiful thing God is doing in Kingsville. For it's like the anointing that flows. I believe that I just want to speak over the church today that I believe that, that there is going to be an increase in the flow of anointing in this place. Yeah. And, and I believe that that increase is going to happen not only when the pastor is speaking or whatever, it's going to happen when the people in this church just raise their hands and surrender everything to the Lord in the times of worship. That song that your team wrote, that song carries an anointing on it. I could feel it when we were singing it. But I believe that what's going to happen is that when songs like that are sung, there is going to be a turn on of holy anointing oil and bondages are just going to break left, right, and center. Bam, 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 bam. So Holy Spirit, I, I just want to pray over the church this morning. God, today in this moment, I believe you've sent me here on an assignment this morning and I take my authority in the heavenly places. God, I believe that Kingston is in for an awakening. And God, I know that you'll use every church in this area, but Father, I believe that on this church, I just want to declare what I feel the Lord speaking to me. And, and, and I'm going to be honest with you because I'm not really a prophetically gifted person. So some of this comes from our conversation, but I believe with all of my heart that God has raised your church up to be a leader amongst the spiritual churches in this area. I believe God, Pastor Cameron does a lot of the same things that I do, and, and that's a great, that's a great gift. But I believe that God is going to elevate the recognition of this church in this, in this community. And I believe that with it, God is going to elevate and, and pour on a costly anointing oil. I think that you need to be expecting in the days and weeks even now for bondages to be breaking off your life. For those of you that have been dealing with habits that you just can't seem to break out of, as you align with the vision of the church that God's building, I want you to expect that that thing is going to drop off of your life. It's going to shatter off of your life. And I want you to begin to decree and declare over your life that you are walking in a place of commanded blessing. 
So, Father, this morning I speak it over the church here today. God, I believe that there is money that is coming into this church to take it into places, to realize vision that's on the heart of the pastor and the leaders, God. I believe, Father, that there is going to be more of a realization of unity in this house than ever before. And God, we thank you that you have done amazing things in this church. But I decree over this house today, God, that you are going to bring the brothers and the sisters into a place of alignment. And it won't be about attending a great church, but it'll be about being the church that God is building. Father, I pray impact. Just as their name says, God, just like in the scripture, a a child was named with a prophetic influence. I speak prophetically over this church that God has called you to have great impact, not only in this city, but in this province and in this nation and even around the world. So, Father, we just say do it in the name of Jesus. Father, we humble ourselves under your mighty hand. Lord, we pray that each one of us would allow our opinions and our wants and our like to be submitted to the laundry cycle of heat and pressure so that the wrinkles and the blemishes would be taken out of us and we would stand before you holy and pure, able to bring an impact in the mighty name of Jesus. If you agree with this today, would you just say amen? Thank you so much, Pastor Cameron. Father, we just come to you this morning and we just say thank you. We say thank you, Lord, for reminding us that there's something greater than ourselves. There's something greater than our own personal call or dreams or ambitions. Something greater. It's your mission. So, Father, I pray right across this room right now that we would see and have a big picture mentality as we move forward. Father, that we would see things that are beyond us. Father, that we would see that the need for each other is what will take us there. That we are better together than we are by ourselves. Father, you've called us not to be an island, but Father, to be a movement that would catalyze change all across this nation. Father, help us not to become a monument of days gone by, but to be a movement of your spirit and of your presence in this day. Lord, we want to be on the cutting edge. God, we don't want to miss it. God, we want revival in this city in this nation and across the world, Lord. But we can't do it by ourselves, oh God. So Father, we say yes to your plan. We say yes to your will. We say yes to your mission. God, it is so not about us. It's about you. Help us to get out of the way. Father, I thank you this morning that you've brought a whole bunch of misfits together. And you look at us and you take what was shattered and you make it whole. 
God, I'm the cake misfit in this place. Why you ever saw something in me, I'll never know. But the misfit church is a powerful church because we know it's not in ourselves but in your spirit that makes us get there. Father, thank you for seeing something in us that we don't see. Thank you for believing in us. Even when we gave up believing in you, I thank you this morning that you're drawing a light in the sand. It's our moment. And God, we want to be like David that says that he served his generation and his moment well. We want to serve it well, Lord. We want to serve it well. So, Father, we say yes this morning. We say yes. Father, you've proven in history that it's not how big the numbers. You use 12 people to change the world. It's not about numbers. It's a heart that is undivided. It is a heart that is all in. It's a heart that says, not my will, but your will be done. It's a heart that says, Lord, I pray that you would increase and that I would decrease. It's that heart. So, Father, we say today, first of all, forgive us, Lord, for not prioritizing you, for not prioritizing your church, for not prioritizing what you are building. But Father, we make a decision today to be all in with your mission, with your plan, with your purpose. We give you praise today. In Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen. My apologies, I'm feeling rather emotional. I just, I feel like coming out of this morning, that was an awesome word, Russ. My goodness. I feel like what God is doing is He's reminding us of something bigger than ourselves. I want you to go home this week and I want you to pray about the city of Kingston in a different way. I want you to start to declare over Kingston its destiny, not its history. I want you to declare over your own life and over your own church family that the best days are right in front of us. I want you to look at your circumstances and declare to your circumstances that an unstoppable God is about ready to shatter you. 
it's time to no longer let the enemy's voice be more important to you than God's. It's time that your own voice no longer becomes as important as God's. Father, I just bless your church this morning. I bless your people. I bless your kids. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would do in their lives what only you can do. I pray, Lord God, that the anointing would come and shatter the depression and the addictions and the anxiety and the fears and the worries in this day. Lord, we pray, Lord God, that the anointing would break every yoke of bondage, every yoke of slavery, every yoke, Lord God, that the enemy has put upon us in this day in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord God, that these are days of freedom in the house of God, in Jesus' name. And everyone who believes that this morning said amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.